0: What's up everyone, welcome to the Keep It Posse podcast. My name is Jasmine and this is episode 91. So close to episode 100, thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If it's not your first time, thank you for coming back. And just as always, thank you for giving the podcast a listen, I hope you're doing well and going to shows, discovering new bands, whatever it may be. I hope you're having fun with the music out there. With the help of this week's guest, we are going to learn about this week's nonprofit organization featured in the Posse Spotlight. Life Rolls On was founded by two-time world champion quadriplegic surfer, Jesse Billauer. Life Rose On is dedicated to improving the quality of life for people living with various disabilities. Believing that adaptive surfing and skating could inspire infinite possibilities beyond any disability, Life Rose On began as a splash into the unknown on September 11, 2001. Achieved 501c3 nonprofit status in 2002 and now touches the lives of hundreds of thousands to learn more or make a donation to life rolls on you can visit liferollson.org this week's episode features field scott and cameron of fencer a rock band from la in this episode we talked about the music they've been working on how they ended up playing shows with bad flower cd players green day and so much more. This one was a blast. Here is my conversation with Field, Scott, and Cameron on the Keep It Posse podcast. Yay! How are you guys?
1: Good. Very good. How about you?
0: Oh, you know, good. Just trying to figure out um, life and stuff, you know. Um,
2: Understandable.
0: But you guys have been busy. First of all, thank you for hopping on. I know it's been a minute since I've seen you guys. Scott, I met you in person the last time I saw you guys, which was at that um, Harvard and Stone, I think is what it's called.
3: Yeah, it was Harvard and Stone. I think so.
0: Okay, cool. And you guys have played since you guys have been busy playing shows and my understanding is you guys are putting out an album this year?
2: Yes. If all goes well, now it's uh it's it's just finished and we did it over the last couple of years. Um we produced it entirely ourselves and it's uh it's about ready. So we're going to start rolling it out soon. We've got a few videos ready for it.
0: Oh sick. So you guys it was all DIY. You guys all were like mastered and did all that too? Uh we had
2: we had someone mix and master it, but we the we produced and engineered it entirely ourselves. Um over the last I think we started probably like the middle of quarantine around then. At our on our own. We have a we have a little uh studio that we, we did it all at ourselves. So we're excited about it
0: so is that the same you guys did the same thing with the ep it was all mostly yourselves as well
4: yeah for the ep the first ep we did we actually went up with the bad flower guys and we actually recorded that whole thing in like a weekend but it was very much diy very much all three of us and no one else is really involved it's pretty equally representable
0: why did you guys decide to do most of it yourselves versus asking someone else to help out with all of that?
2: I think, um, well, one, it's a lot cheaper. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think one of, the, one of the really cool things about it is while we're still independent, you know, we don't have, um, we're not tied to a label or anything at the moment, we really wanted to have control over our first full-length release. Um, and uh, Cameron kind of figured out on his own how to, how to basically engineer um, in the last few years. And we were experimenting that with a while, for a while. We, we recorded like an entire album in like 2019 or something and then trashed so we, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it's,
4: yeah we recorded uh, pretty much 10 or 11 songs fully fully comped and, and we just <laughs> threw them away because
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were like, it's not there.
4: Yeah. Um,
2: and so we kind of started from scratch, uh, like during quarantine. And it, it, I, I think it's interesting to, to hear the songs cause they all sound very cohesive, but, um, and no one would ever know, but we can hear when we listen to like the first few that we worked on on the album. And now these last ones that we finished, we feel like we've learned a lot from that. Um, but Overall it, it sounds really cohesive. We're very happy with uh with how it's turning out. Um the guy mixing it, his name is Henry Lunetta, and he's a fucking genius. He uh he's really been able to kind of um help help pull pull our vision out of uh, out of the production and, and really make it come to life. Um so we've been very excited about that. Uh have a bunch of singles ready to go. Should start the rollout soon
0: sick that's awesome so <laughs> i'm assuming there'll be tour dates announced around then
2: ideally we'd like to uh we'd like to go out and support the album after it's out so stay tuned
0: yay and there's mm-hmm. that so you guys have been around since 2017 is that right roughly or, or so
2: february february 2017
0: around yeah around there. oh wow uh And you guys have been playing with some bands and one of the the ones you mentioned was bad flower. So how did you guys end up playing with them?
2: Uh, That's a story. field. That's a, that's a field uh, story. I was, let me, let me paint the picture for you. I was with my ex-girlfriend late 2017. We're in little Tokyo. Uh, Los Angeles (laughs) I think it was like midnight or something we were sitting outside of a Starbucks I don't know why um it was literally like the middle of the night and I knew about this band called Badflower who was really small at the time I mean they were you know they had some stuff going on but um I had seen someone I knew shared their video soap with me and I was super into them um and I, I like followed them on socials and stuff. So I knew they had just gotten signed that they were recording their first record. Um, and just randomly in the middle of the night on a Monday in Little Tokyo, uh, Josh, the singer, along with the producer, uh, Noah, who was doing the record with them, he walks by this Starbucks. Um, and I was like, <laughs> Josh. Uh, and so I went over and he was like really surprised I recognized him because again, they were kind of, I mean, they weren't small, but they were not, not very known at the time. And uh, I just kind of started talking to them and they're from LA and I, and you know, they, they're pretty heavy. We're pretty heavy. Um, So I, I was asking him, I was like, Hey, you know what? I feel like we're probably in a position you guys were in like a few years ago. And I don't know if you have any advice or whatever. Um, And he just, he said some, you know, what just trying to say some things at like the middle of the night, like, oh yeah, yeah for sure, just try to do this. Da, da, da. Um but the next day I um messaged him on Instagram and I sent him a a video of ours. Or not a video, it was just a song I think. It was probably like an earlier demo or something. And he he saw that and kind of flipped over it. And we kind of started cultivating that relationship and he came out to see us. Um We started hanging out with him and the guys, and eventually, yeah, and in I think early 2018, we went up. They they all lived in California City. I think they live in Nashville now, but at the time they lived in California City. And so we went up to their, uh, their big house there, which was kind of like a home studio as well. And we recorded, uh, the, I almost said the with EP. That's not correct. The growing up selfish EP. Um, we did those four tracks, I think, over the course of like two or three days, and Josh produced it. And, um, yeah, that was kind of what what spawned that. And since then, we've toured with them a bunch, and you know we're good friends, and we play with them whenever we
1: can, and they're good guys.
0: Sick. Okay, cause I'm like, wow, they played with them early on. There's something there. All right, that's cool. Um, so there's one of the things I like to do, cause everybody has a story of how they got into music. If you guys don't mind talking about that how was it that you guys were introduced to music and musically how did you know what's your journey been like to get to where you're at now with this band
3: Cameron and I at least cuz Cameron and I are brothers so we kind of grew up being exposed to the same sort of thing and our um <laughs> our family is is has always been very music oriented so we were introduced to it pretty young i think I started i I picked out bass it wasn't i remember I picked up a guitar maybe twice, and I never really and then they i think for Christmas or something like that, I got gifted a bass, and I just decided uh then i got uh signed up I think I was eight years old I got signed up for um private lessons, and so I took private lessons for a few years, and then from those like like from that like young around ten twelve stuff like that, I played in you know a bunch of bands that were just for fun you know you play a bunch of stupid covers and you play shows at schools and things like that just just to have fun with it and that slowly you know more and more i realized how much like how much i liked playing music and how like fun it was to me and so that slowly led to me going yeah no this is something that i think would be awesome to do as a career so i started a little bit later in my teens kind of thinking like if I can find a band and you know, actually like take it seriously and not have it just be for fun. I think maybe, you know, I could even step it up and take it to the next level. And, you know, so when I, you didn't start, you didn't want to be as, you didn't want to be in a band for a while. That, right? that is true. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> um, the whole story of how this band started, cause I essentially, it was, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure the other guys will tell you, but they were in a band beforehand and they essentially lost the bass player. And so I went and filled in and originally I was like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really want to do like a full-time band. I just kind of want to fill in. I wanted to do session work at that point, essentially where, you know, you go in and you get paid to like be a substitute for shows and recording and stuff like that. And so I was like, Oh, I'll fill in for a while until they find a, until they find another bassist and then I'll be, I'll be done with it. I'll be passed. But then it kind of just stuck. And I stayed with him for a while and then then it slowly just led to me going, yeah, I want to be in this band and I find it fun. So, you know, fuck finding another bassist. I'm here now. It's
4: funny. I have pretty much the exact same story. Like he said, we're brothers. We do. We were introduced at a very young age because like you said, family and everything. I've played in and out of bands since I was around like 10 or 11. I originally started, i started on drums which is funny because when i was younger i had like crippling stage fright like i would go up on stage and i couldn't play i would freeze i wouldn't play only reason i chose the drums is because when i started i was small enough so that the toms would cover the crowd so i couldn't see the crowd and i would be less freaked out so that's why i stuck to drums i played i've been playing drums since i've been 10 And, you know, in the same thing, I'm, you know, I'm really happy and especially really proud of where we've come at as a band. I think I wouldn't really want anything other than this. I don't think. And I think we're all on the same page and we really wouldn't pick anything other than this either. So I'm really proud of where we're at. I'm really proud of this album. So it's kind of what I think about music.
2: Yeah, I think to Cameron's point, I think uh, something that's very cool is we all, this is like the band we wished exists. Like this is we created the band that like would be our favorite band. And so it's kind of cool. Uh we're very stoked to be in this project. And I don't think any of us like have any desire to do other shit. Um but my story is a little different. I guess um I I was an actor for like a decade when I was uh little. And so that was like my whole life. Um I, I liked music, and I always, like, was turned on to music. My dad was really into music, so I'd listen to everything and, like, grow up listening to it and stuff. But um, I, acting was my thing. And um, I think when I was 13, I started trying to play bass because I wanted to play an instrument, because I was into music. Um, and I chose bass over guitar because I have this, uh, and I still have this uh, total complex with just wanting to do something different Um, And it was like, oh, everyone plays guitar. So I I started playing bass. uh, And I went, I I had lessons for a few years, and I just kind of wasn't super into it. And in high school, I just started doing other stuff. Um, And then I decided, because I wanted to be a director in high school and like, you know, continue acting and stuff. Um, And I just got super burnt out suddenly. And, And when I when I got out of high school, when I was like 17, I was like, I'm I want to do music now like out of nowhere. I really didn't have much experience. I wasn't very good at my instrument. I've always sang since I was little, I did musical theater and stuff. Um, but I I started a band with my friend and we wrote the song June bug. Um, and then that fell apart and I didn't really know where to go from there because I didn't know any musicians. So I went on this band website. Um, to like meet musicians and stuff. And I uh I I like not apply, that's the wrong word, but I, I guess I, I found this like pop punk band where they were looking for a bass player and a backup singer. And for whatever reason, uh the the manager at the time of that, he hit me up and he's like, Hey, do you want to come try out for this? I sent them like a video or something of me playing bass. And um lo and behold, Cameron was the drummer of this band. Um and we we did that for a while. We kind of didn't really know much else. So we kind of just kept going with it. But I think uh ultimately the the style of music and stuff, uh Cameron and I kind of started realizing that we we were really in touch with that uh in, in a similar vibe with what we kind of liked making. Um, not so much what was happening in that band. So we started kind of working on our own and I was also like, I wanna sing, I wanna be the lead singer. I don't know why well, I don't like being backup and stuff. So we kind of started our own side project we started writing some songs some of like the first fencer songs before fencer was even a thing and then yeah we we cycled through many different uh because originally cameron was going to play guitar so we cycled through a lot of different bass players and drummers um and nothing really stuck uh and ultimately yeah scott started filling in for a little bit when we just wanted to keep playing and we didn't have uh, anyone to play with and ultimately i think yeah around around early twenty seventeen, we were like, This is kinda cool. Why don't we just do this? Um and Scott was uh was reluctant, but he did it. And uh it's stuck since. So well, I think we're pretty uh we're pretty tight and strong now. Um having having started this at a really young age. I mean Cameron and I were like twenty and Scott was like seventeen or something. We might have even been younger. We were like nineteen probably. Um and Scott, you were like 16 or 17. So, you know, we've grown a lot and uh, it's been it's been a good amount of time. So we're we're pretty like, you know, tight as a band, but also like mentally we've uh, we've got on a, on a pretty good wavelength
1: and we're pretty strong in that aspect. So there you go.
0: That's awesome. I get a sense and I rarely get the sense, but I get a sense that like you guys are just dude, let's just go see where this goes you know, just have fun with it, but then also be serious and responsible with everything all at the same time.
4: Exactly. That's what we try trying to do. I, the, we want a healthy balance of work and fun.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I mean, the thing is, is like when we play music, it's like, yeah, we want to do this as a living, but you know, if we're writing music that, you know, if we go for this, we write music this way, it's definitely going to sell well, but you know, we don't really, it doesn't work with us. We don't feel it. No, we're not going to enjoy it at all. So we want to, you know, we play music and we play music that we like and we think is really cool. And we know that, okay, there's probably a ton of people out there who also think this is cool. So those are the people that we want to, that we want to target and we want to hit. So it's like, we want to, of course we want to succeed, but at the same time, like Cameron said, it's a balance. We also want to be able to enjoy it. So we try and focus on making sure that all the music that we play and write is stuff that we know for a fact is good. And that we're not like, we're not like lying to ourselves and saying like, I don't really like this, but people, more people will probably like it. I think that's,
2: yeah, I think that's part of the thing is that we're, like the three of us are just super stoked on, on what we write. Um, and we kind of want to have our cake and eat it too, in the sense of we want to make aggressive raw rock music, um, in 2022 and also be marketable. Um, and I think there is a, there is a place for that. And I think we've kind of found a cool little way to pull that off a little bit. Um, where there's, I think there's a void in that right now in, in modern music. And I think I think personally, and I think the guys agree with me that uh, it's, it's far more about the song than it is about production or um, the, how it sounds and everything. It's way more about the, the song and the song structure and the melodies. And that's what people I think gravitate towards. So we try and uh, pull that off with, you know just with guitar, bass and drums and me screaming over it.
0: Sick. Well, you guys are awesome live.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> so going back again. What was the first album that you ever bought?
1: Um, I know mine
2: is first one I bought myself I think was screaming bloody murder by (laughs) some 41 when I was like 12 or 13 I had been gifted like CDs and stuff before but that was the first one that I remember like going out I think I went to Target or something and
4: I was like I'm buying this day one that's what I bought (laughs) I think I think the first one that I ever bought was uh 21st century breakdown <laughs> it's a good one it's a good, I, it one. A, good, it a good 21st century breakdown i think is one of green My Day's. Green Day. yeah one of green day's
3: good even, two best albums i can't even remember it had it had to have been something like something like yeah like a american idiot or something like that or like a yeah you know a I can I. I don't know, like a like that, or like a color in the shape, or something. I can't even remember. Yeah, we cause that one too. we because I feel like since we bought tons, we bought tons of CDs throughout when we were kids, and I can't even keep track of what it was. But know. it had to have been something like that, like a early Green Day or Foo Fighters or something.
0: Yeah, and it feels like it wasn't too long after that that. Obviously, the digital game took over. Yeah. Um, well, so- with vinyl
2: now, I think vinyl yeah. is bigger than it's ever been before, and so I think that's kind of filled the void of like you have streaming for immediate access to everything, and like the average person, and then if people are into like physical media, um, vinyl's blowing up or has already
1: blown up. It's huge. So.
0: Yeah, and then obviously there's the delay with vinyl right now. Um, But the other issue with people, because I'll still buy the CD. If, like, a band, that's all they have and they don't have vinyl, like, I'll buy the CD. But I don't know. My car, I've had it since 2008. And so I don't know that if there's even CD players in newer cars anymore. So I feel like that might be the other thing, too. The iPods aren't, like, you know... They're not around, or if people have them, it's a small number. I mean, do laptops even have the CD drive thing anymore? I don't see so. I don't so. think so. It's, <laughs> just, uh, mine, don't doesn't. mine doesn't. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: mine doesn't mine's, so, from,
2: mine's from 2013, and it doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I have a CD player here at home, and my car has a CD player. It doesn't work anymore, though. But, I mean, do you guys have CD players still?
3: We have, I know that, I I, I know that like somewhere, somewhere around the house, we've got like some really old like radio that could play CDs and it probably doesn't work. I know that I have a CD player in my car, but that's only because my car is like 20 years old and, but
1: besides that, no, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't have a
2: physical CD player. I just, there's one in my car my car is from like 2013 but yeah none of the new cars have them well don't you also have that vinyl setup too right yeah yeah i listen to i i collect and listen to vinyl but um but i i don't i don't have i have a lot of cds um i just kind of keep them on a on a rack though because i don't i don't know i also feel like i feel like like i i like streaming i like uh i like the access i don't I kind of wish I was able to tell the difference, but like, I always find it difficult to tell the difference between like MP3s and, you know, waves or flax or, you know, the higher quality files. Mm-hmm. I know it's technically like they squash it down or something, but to me, it sounds really similar. So I noticed vinyl sounding a lot better, but that's more of like part of the experience too, of like sitting down, it's very involved. You're like looking at the massive of artwork, you got to flip the vinyl, you know, every 20 minutes or something. Um, so it's like a more
3: in-depth thing, but I, I like streaming. Yeah. I I
1: know
3: that um, I I know that, that you two tend to have a little bit more of an ear for the uh, for the for the like minimal stuff. Like when it comes to like mixing and things like that, you guys both like fine-tune the songs. Whereas me, it gets to a point where I'm like, I don't hear any of this. It's it sounds good to me. I can't change it. So I have never. I mean. I, I haven't really listened to much vinyl. I've been like wanting to kind of start buying vinyls of the records that I like, but I'm still just starting out on that. So I haven't really listened to vinyl that much, but in terms of like everything I can notice no difference in how it sounds. But just like, that's cause I don't really have the year for that.
0: It's expensive. <laughs> that that too. Yeah. Dude, yeah I just, yeah. What was the first concert or show that you ever went to?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be
2: the same answers we all use yeah. for what first CDs we bought. Um, it is, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I, I was, I'm sure I was brought to shows when I was like a, like a little kid and stuff, and like a baby because my dad worked in, in like booking and stuff um, for bands. But I, the first show I independently went to that I wanted to go to was some 41 at the glass house in pomona
1: in um 2008 probably yeah yeah mine well no
4: my first actually wasn't green day i saw (laughs) i thought i was gonna (laughs) i saw van halen as very first it was at the Honda center in anaheim and um that one, I, I don't remember much of because I was, I don't even remember how old I was. I must have been like 11 or 10, but it was fun. Van Halen was
1: cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my my first show was one, Cameron, that you were, I think you had also gone to it. It was, uh, it was Green Day for their 21st Century Breakdown Tour. And I can't remember, because we ended up seeing them twice. We saw them in Ottawa, and then we also saw them down here. Um, and I can't remember which one was first, but I know that the first one, I actually, it was 2008, and I fell asleep in the middle of the concert because I was eight years old. Uh, and so yeah, I, I have that, that memory. <laughs> Did you guys see them at the
2: forum of the 21st century? Maybe we, maybe we knew yes. this. Were we at that well, it was, show?
4: It was either at it, wherever it was in uh, L.A. That's where we were at. I'm pretty sure it was the forum.
2: It must have been the forum. Yeah, I was. At, we, I think we were. We were all at that same show. That's funny.
4: That is not I the first you, time that this has happened either. I know
2: you. You and <laughs> I, Karen and I, have been to. We so we were all at that Green Day show. We obviously didn't know each other because it was forever ago on the twenty first century breakdown tour. But then we were also uh, Cameron and I found out uh, again. We used to be really into this band called Sum Forty One, um, and so they they had like stopped for playing for a while, and then they had this like random like mini show that wasn't even the full band at this i don't do you remember the venue was Some tiny I don't, I
4: don't ass venue? it was so tiny it was like smaller than the troubadour like yeah but it I, really yeah it was small. so tiny and I was guess it we in were, la yeah it, yeah, was, it was in LA. la it was i don't even know like i think Mel i know Rose.
0: what show you're talking about um that's it was I like do, get, i was there too <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> we're was- all, there's like there's like a hundred people there and we're all fucking there
0: <laughs> dude that sounds like i was at that show because i remember now that you guys are talking about it like it wasn't like the full og band and like
2: Derek wibley and the happiness machine Yeah, i think yeah. they called it yeah
0: but you know what yeah i was at that show i forgot the name of the place but yeah i was there
2: that's
4: so, that funny. so funny yeah oh my god yeah, I
2: guess, we were there too we didn't know each other um <laughs> and didn't see each other but it was that's so bizarre man it was a really small there was like 100 people there it's crazy
0: yeah i didn't even know that place before that and i don't
2: and you don't know it now exactly because obviously
0: none of us can't seem to remember the name of it that's funny okay what three bands dead or alive would you play a show with and where would you play
4: Wow, that's a... That's, I don't my, know where I, I'd play. I'm gonna have to take I, don't, it. I don't know where I would play. Yeah, that one is like... Probably somewhere small. I don't... I, I don't yeah. Yeah. Probably somewhere Maybe small. Like, I, I feel like definitely one of my three is going to be Nirvana. Just because. Um, play a show
2: with... I mean, I don't... I feel like I don't necessarily have a desire to play a show with other bands I like. I mean, I would be down to, but I think the the main thing that I look for in like, I don't know, like bigger bands to play with is like, Oh cool. We'd be opened up to a much larger audience. Um, but I would much rather like sit in the audience and watch bands than be on the
1: same bill that I like than be on the same bill with them. I think.
3: Skull and oh i i know there's i know there's definitely an answer to this question that i can't remember i know that one of them and i i feel like these two are probably going to laugh but i would still think it would be cool to play as an opener for um kaleo on one of their shows i think i think we would be a we would be a perfect opener for that band um but besides that you know yeah obviously like you have like a nirvana would be awesome to play in or like a play in play with or like a you know 19, 1980s 1990s era red hot chili peppers or something like that would be a blast
2: I'd be interested I think in playing like some big big maybe I don't know festival in like the 80s or 90s with a bunch of other bands. I think that would be cooler than having just one
1: lineup. up. Um, yeah. 90s would definitely be a fun time to be able to play a big festival. Definitely. Too bad I was like negative years old.
0: Yeah, the I mean, 90s seem like the era You know, because, I mean, we watch all the documentaries and these interviews and you're like, dude, I wish I could have seen this band when they were just like still around or, you know, whatever. Like, and some of them, they're done or maybe the member passed away or maybe they're still playing music, but you wish you could have like seen them go up to their popularity and play, I don't know, a small spot or something. Yeah, that would be sick, huh? Let's go back in time. <laughs> What's the best advice a musician has given you?
1: That that nothing that nothing matters and that there is no
2: Cuz I I think a lot of people look to other other people's success and are like, well how how did they get to that point? Um but I think especially nowadays there is no no obvious roadmap and so i've had people tell me that just like literally like just do your own thing like try to figure it out do what you do like and be as unique as you can and do that better than than anybody else can um so i think like there was like an interview i saw with phineas and he he said something like that and um he was like you know I was always trying to find like what did these other people do growing up and stuff, and it's ultimately it's it's vastly different for everyone. So I think the best thing you can do is just be as original as
1: possible and do what you are trying to do as good as can possibly be. Yeah, that's I. I mean, I gotta agree. It's the it's the same <laughs> thing. Like, dude, I
4: I don't have like that's the best advice. Like, you know, goal in life for, you know, me is to be happy. And if I can be happy and I'm going to work towards being happy and doing what I want to do, which is playing music,
1: being unique. Yeah, I think,
3: I think definitely. Um, Although I have been told keep playing bass and that I think is good advice in my sense, at least. I think everyone should play bass, but you know, that's whatever. Um, But I do think, yes, I think one of the most important things for like, that I've heard someone say is like, when it comes to writing music, the most important part is being satisfied with what you're writing. Like the same sort of thing that I was talking about before when we, uh, a little bit earlier, where it's like, if you're, you know, big and you're getting successful but every time you write a song you're like I just don't like it you're you're not it's not going to be you're not you're not going to enjoy it and then when you go play on stage it's that's going to show and that's going to all the crowd is going to notice like yeah this guy isn't going to do it at all and so I think that the number one thing to do is make sure that what you're writing is what you want to write and there will always be a way to you know get big or reach a certain crowd that's gonna that that's gonna
1: lock in with
0: that is true though uh i mean you guys go to shows i'm sure you, from an audience perspective you're able to see if someone's like dude they're off or something right but i think sometimes even when you're you're not a musician you are able to see like something's not right something's not clicking um you know stuff happens
3: yeah even I think even when you uh, like if something happens and you're like doing your best to still be super active and like jumping around on stage if you're not you know if you're not feeling it at the time it's definitely going to show to the people in the crowd it's almost impossible to be able to hide that so I think it's always good to have that
1: you know good feeling
0: What's your favorite thing about music?
4: One of the one of the things that I really like about music, I'm not sure if anyone else really notices it, but my favorite thing is like when I listen to a certain song or a certain album, it'll remind me of a point in time of my life. Right? So there's like just going through certain things and certain aspects in my life, I can relate back to that period. And it's like, I listen to this music and it reminds me back of a certain time. That's one of the things that I really like about listening to music. Besides also how awesome things can
1: sound and how contemporary something can be while still being, you know, marketable and Advertisable. Yeah, I feel that same thing. I think um, there are definitely songs and eras
2: that uh, like certain albums remind me of and makes me very nostalgic and shit. But I think, I don't know, I really like songwriting. That's my favorite thing. I like that there are no rules, um, like at all. I think you can just do whatever you want, like literally anything. (laughs) And I think that's so fun. I like uh, getting nerdy about like song structure and stuff, and trying to mess around with things. And I don't know, that's a that's my favorite thing about
1: it.
3: Yeah, I would say I would say for me, it's probably like like the amount of creativity you can have while writing it. Like music can be, as you said, it can be like literally anything. You can go like music could be a song that has you know 50 different tracks with a bunch of different instruments in it, or it could just be you banging a box on the middle of the street. I think it's really cool to see like the types of like creative things that people do to add in their songs. Like, you know, when they when they make a beat out of like banging on random things in their garage or something like that, and they add that into a song and like it, it works and fits and things like that. Like stuff that people do like that, I think is really cool. And like seeing how, seeing like the people's creative
1: process I think is really interesting.
0: That's awesome. All great answers too. you. Uh, <laughs> you have uh, you're listening to a song and it takes you back to a certain time period. And you're like, dude, I wish I could go back because that was such a fun time or something. Right. And the people too, like it takes you back to maybe the day you met a, a friend and you guys are like best friends now or stuff happens. Right. Maybe it was the last show that you saw of one of your favorite bands and you didn't even know it was going to be the last show, but you're like, all right, at least I got to see them one more time. How do you guys stay positive? What helps you guys keep it posy?
2: I don't know. It's hard. I I don't think we stay positive all the time. Um, We do our best to, right? But it's, uh, there are lots of ups and downs. I, I think ultimately just having a lot of faith in what we're doing. And then also like we get along really well. We, we have a lot of fun and it kind of makes it like, it's like, you know, obviously we worry about the destination but it's also like, you know, we try to kind of pull back sometimes and enjoy the, the process, enjoy the journey getting there. Um, because I think that's something we will probably think about a lot after the journey's finished or whatever right like oh remember the days of us sitting around you know for weeks on end recording our first record like barely getting by somehow pulling it off like just the three of us um and so that you know kind of taking solace and comfort in that i think is is
1: really cool
3: yeah i think for me it's like whenever i you know if there's ever a point where i'm not you know i'm not feeling so great like whether it be about the band or, like, anything else. I think it's it's always – for me, it's, like, I look back on things that we've done and stuff that we've created. Like, I'll go and listen to the masters of our record and go, damn, we wrote this. Like, that's that's sick. And, and, like, either that or I'll think back to, like, you know, something that happened and, like, a story and, you know, think and laugh about it. Like, oh, like, what about that time where you played in the back of a Chinese restaurant to, you know – five people in san francisco and you know laugh about those kind of memories and it helps it it helps me go like like damn this is this is i have a lot of fun doing this and i really want to be able to keep i really want to, be able to keep going and that's what gets me back into that like you know back into that positive attitude about it
1: yeah i think for me they they both covered
4: that pretty much spot on it's the fact that you know at the end of the day i know that all three of us have the same goal in mind and we all have faith in each other and you know and yeah there's going to be ups and downs but at the end of the day you know that we're all on the same page we're all on a team
1: i know that we all got the same goal in mind so that's what helps me kind of stay positive that's
0: awesome and it's true it's hard sometimes but you know we're all trying, right? Um, yeah. So I forgot to ask this, Scott and Cameron. I mean, you guys, Scott, you you weren't always playing music with your brother, right? So, mm. but aside from like this band, were you have you guys always done your own thing, or or musically? How has your life been? I guess. <laughs>
3: I mean, I. Cameron and I have definitely been because again we you know grew up living the same sort of thing. We took uh, we took private lessons from like the same company, so we were around each other a lot. I'm actually pretty sure like the first band that we were ever in, we were both in that band together. Um, but it's it's very much it's it's very much. I feel like we have been exposed to the same sort of the same sort of thing and it's even even then even though we've had those same experiences I feel like Cameron and I have like a completely different way of of thinking about music like he's very much you know since he's he's gotten to into mixing and recording he's very much like into that whereas I'm more so like like I I like learning I I like learning other like other baselines and learning off other people and and like you know the ability to to pick up something and then you know completely run with it and play with it. So I think that I think it's kind of cool that even though Cameron and I very much were exposed to the same things, we've kind of grown in similar but different directions in that. And I think that's that's pretty neat.
4: Yeah, he's 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 right. I've been in and out of the bands since we were young. And I mean, Scott and I have been in and out of bands like more than once, too. Because, you know, I'm a drummer. He's a bassist. That's your percussion. We're already brothers. We're in lock. So when he's in a band, they're like, man, we need a drummer. I'll just fill in for him for a bit. And or like how this band started, we needed a bassist. And Scott stepped in for a little bit and yeah it's it's interesting to see how we started off so similarly and we ended off pretty far apart in terms of music like you said i do a lot of producing i i think of stuff in i have a very bunch of producers here i listen to that kind of thing in music and you know scott likes to take and learn and apply it to his own writing and stuff and i think that's Super interesting to see how the two of us work like that.
0: Sick. Any last words? Anything else you want to let the people know?
1: Follow
4: Fencer Band. Fencer Band on everything. I think, uh,
2: thank you so much for having us, Jasmine. And yeah, the the rollout of the record is going to happen soon. So yes, follow Fencer Band. There's a
3: lot that we're sitting on that is ready. So Mm -hmm. short. Now I think I think this these next couple months next year is gonna be, you know, pretty explosive and pretty awesome for our band. So I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: Yay. I'm excited too. Thank you guys. So that was my conversation with Field, Scott, and Cameron. I highly recommend you give Fencer a listen. If you're in LA and are free on August 17th, the band is playing a show that night at El Cid. If you can't make it to the show, you can check out live content at youtube.com slash Band. Additionally, the band will be releasing new music soon. To be the first to learn about the new songs, You can keep up with Fencer on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The handle for all platforms is @fencerband. Thank you again to Fencer for being on the podcast. If you haven't yet, please check out the Keep It Posy podcast playlist. You can find it on Spotify and Tidal. Junebug has been added to the playlist, and it's the first Fencer song I heard. As always, you can hit me up via email or social media, KeepItPossey.com for all the contact info. Thank you again to everyone for listening to another episode of the Keep It Posse podcast. Please take care of yourself and watch out for each other. Stay posy always. And remember, life is like a mosh pit. If you see someone fall, you gotta help that person get back up.